Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. This episode of Calming the Chaos is called Chaotic Eating. And the reason that we're doing a Calming the Chaos podcast on chaotic eating is because a lot of people use food and eating to cope with mental and emotional chaos. And so in this podcast, we are going to give a couple of examples of how food and eating can be used to deal with mental and emotional chaos. And then we're gonna take a trip inside my kitchen. And yes, we are going to deal with actual eating triggers, not just the ones that occur in normal life, but those eating triggers that can cause you chaos in your own kitchen. So for those of you who have been listening to my podcasts for a while, you know that I'm a licensed mental health counselor and I have a private practice in the state of Washington. But what you may not know is that I have a couple of additional certifications and one of them is in the field of eating disorders. I am a certified eating disorder specialist and I've been certified by the International Association of Eating Disorders Professionals. And so this is an international certification. I'm also certified by this organization to be a supervisor for clinicians who want to learn more about eating disorders and become certified. So I really do know what I'm talking about here. I have also struggled with an eating disorder in my life. And so I actually have that lived experience of having an eating disorder. And so what we're gonna be talking about today is how to help you manage your relationship with food if it causes you chaos, or if chaos causes you to go to food in order to cope with any emotions that you might have. So let's get started. So some of you may be wondering how emotional and mental chaos can happen and drive a person to use food or eating in order to cope with it. And so it's easiest to break it down into four parts, right? So the first part is situations that can cause you distress or unease or discomfort and can create a situation where you're uncomfortable. The second thing that usually happens is you have a thought or a feeling or a feeling and a thought, or they can happen both at the same time. But that's the second and the third step is there is either a thought that can occur because of the situation and or there's a feeling that can happen 
in connection with the situation. And then the fourth part is the actual behavior or what you do to cope with the thoughts and the feelings that the situation has caused. So this is an action that you might take to get relief from the thoughts and the feelings that the thoughts might produce from the situation. So it's really quite simple. A situation happens, a thought and or a feeling occur, it causes distress, and in order to relieve the distress, we seek to find something to cope with the distress. And sometimes that something happens to be food. And so when we think about situations that can cause chaotic eating, I'm gonna give you a couple of examples right here. One, just say that I'm a student and I'm very concerned about passing a very important test. And so here I am, situation, I have to study for this test. Thought, I must pass the test or else I will be doomed and there will be nowhere else for me to go and I will fail and I will be humiliated and it will be awful. Feeling is anxiety and behavior. Well, if I want to find relief, I could go to the refrigerator or the pantry and I could try and distract myself and eat or I might actually restrict food in order to feel a better sense of control. Situation number two has to do with something that you experience on the scale. Yes, the weighing scale. So say you are weighing yourself every day, or maybe you're not, but you just happen to get on the scale and notice that you've lost some weight or gained some weight. And so that information in that situation causes you distress. Now, for purposes of this example, we're just gonna focus on a person who really wants to lose weight and they get on the scale and they find that they have lost weight. And so a person who has lost weight might feel a sense of power or control or victory or I've done it. And they might feel a sense of excitement at being able to have accomplished a weight loss of any sort, even if it's a pound or an ounce or whatever. But then there are the thoughts and the feelings that come after that. The thought meaning, I've done it. I can do this. This is mine. I've got it. Feeling of exuberance, power and control. And they may want more of that. And so the feelings drive the behaviors and the thoughts drive the feelings and the feelings drive the thoughts, like we said, think, feel, do. There's the situation, think, feel, and do. So what do we do? We may just restrict food even more. Or if it's a situation where the scale does not tell you what you want to see, you may experience just giving up and going to your old friend in the pantry, which is food. So can you kind of see where I'm going with this? Well, if not, I'll give you a couple more examples. Let's just say a person is insulted or maybe gets in an argument with somebody or has a conflict. And so they are feeling some anger emotions. And when people feel anger, it's often 
a driving emotion. It will drive you into doing something. And so if you're insulted or if something happens that makes you mad or there's a conflict that happens, then a thought pattern might be, I'll show you, I'll get you back. And you might take it out on yourself or you might take it out on the other person. So an example of you taking it out on yourself would be, I'm just going to go and I'm going to punish myself. I'm going to eat until I'm really super full or I'm going to take it out on myself and I am going to starve myself. And or how I can take it out on another person is to do the same things, only you're thinking about the effect it will have. If I overeat and I am completely miserable and possibly I gain weight from it, then I will make that other person suffer. Same thing with the other side of the coin. If I restrict my food intake and I lose weight and I get really scary skinny, I will cause that person to suffer. So anger is often an emotion that isn't addressed in treating eating disorders, but is almost always there in my experience, is that the anger that you can have about other people is projected onto yourself and ultimately onto other people when they see the result that you're eating or non-eating has caused your body. And the changes in your body are very real to them. And sometimes they really start to listen when your body changes. Another sort of situation that can happen with chaotic eating is that a person loses something or somebody important and they experience sadness and they really do need a friend or a companion or a routine or something that they trust and can depend on to fill that void of a loss. And so in this case, it can happen to be food if there's a certain food that does cause comfort or if they have in the past felt comfort from restricting eating, those two things can happen if there is a loss or sadness. Here's my good friend, restrictive eating. Here's my good friend that has saved me a couple of different times. Here's my good friend, peanut butter in my pantry and this is going to taste good and this is going to fulfill me for right now while I'm struggling with this loss. The final example I'm going to give is if a person receives negative feedback or if they are embarrassed about doing something, they regret doing something and so the thought and the feeling and the behavior happens in conjunction with shame, embarrassment. The thought being, I am not worthy. I messed up. This was so bad. It was awful what I did. And so sometimes we will seek to escape ourselves by either going to food for comfort or going away from food because we've known that this has been a strategy that has worked for us in our lives before. So now let's take a walk to my kitchen where we will explore some of the food-related triggers that can happen in your day-to-day -day life, just in your own home, in your kitchen. Got holes in the soles of my walking shoes. Welcome to my kitchen. 
and here I am to show you a couple of things that can happen in your kitchen when you are struggling with chaotic eating behaviors. And so basically, the first thing I would like to say is that if you're in a kitchen and you're physically hungry, there's more of an opportunity for your mind and your body to experience chaos and chaotic eating may result. And so I like to think of my hunger on a continuum from zero, meaning I'm completely starving and I'm going to eat anything to 10, which is I am completely stuffed and my body feels very uncomfortable. So what I would recommend is that when you're in your kitchen, just kind of take an inventory of that and know that you're going to be more vulnerable to chaotic eating the hungrier you are. And some people find that they are more vulnerable to chaotic eating when they're full as well. And these are pretty rare, but sometimes people will want to harm themselves even further and say, yes, I need to be tortured. So I'm going to be eating more food and making myself even more uncomfortable. But that's a little bit less common. The, the biggest vulnerability factor is if you are actually really hungry. So if five on the zero to 10 scale is not hungry and not full, if you're anywhere between like a one, a two, and maybe even a three, you're vulnerable to having some chaotic eating happen. Okay, so just say that I am a two and I'm really hungry. Say I've been just doing a lot of stuff all day and I just haven't even paid attention to eating. And then all of a sudden I get home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am really hungry. And I go to my pantry and my pantry is right here. So let's just see what I find. Okay. The first thing I find is peanut butter. Oh my gosh, I love peanut butter. And so it's very convenient for me to find the peanut butter. And then guess what? My silverware drawer is right here. Here's the spoon. Here's the peanut butter. Away I go with the peanut butter and the spoon. All right. So yes, that satisfies my hunger and it also satisfies any anxiety that I might've had about being hungry. And so let's see what else is in my pantry. Shall I? Let's go. If I'm ambitious, I might want to bake some red lobster biscuits. Well, I'm usually not. So that goes out the window unless I just want to eat it from the box, which I won't. So let's go back and see what else is in there. Well, look at this chocolate. Chocolate is supposedly the best. Oh yes. The best satisfying. It gets into the creases of your tongue. It provides endorphins, sometimes with almonds. So a little bit of extra protein there. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Mm. What else is in my pantry? Hmm. Let's just look, shall we? Carbohydrates. Okay. So 
These actually have a very emotional connection to me because whenever I have a sick tummy, I always go to my oyster crackers. And so if nothing else, I know that I can eat these things and they're not gonna do me wrong, right? They're gonna be like that friend that you always have that is on your side and is gonna help you feel better. Oyster crackers. Not so much with the chips with corn in them. So they have done me wrong and have made me uh, very sick on occasion. So possibly I don't have a great emotional connection. And so what else might I find when I'm vulnerable and I'm hungry and I need an emotional sort of uh, connection to something here? Oh, what are these? Pre-packaged cookies that are conveniently located in your Safeway bakery. Pre-baked so you don't have to do anything but eat. And more chocolate in the form of little kisses. And you know everybody loves a kiss. And so here it goes down the gullet. And finally, my favorite, crackers. Carbs are probably the most readily available form of nutrition and they just give you all kinds of energy and I always love crackers, all right? So as you can tell by what I just told you, I have some love and hate relationships with food. And so in this next section, I'm going to describe my radical approach to calming the chaos with your eating. Okay, so I've moved back into my office and I'm gonna to talk to you about the solution I developed that I use to treat some eating disorders in my private practice. Now this is not a substitute for therapy, but it is a general sort of way that you can keep in mind your relationship with food and start to think about and address some of the unique kind of ways that you get along with food. Now this is called the radical approach to managing your chaotic eating. And radical is an acronym, R-A-D-I-C-A-L. And now the R in the radical solution for calming your chaotic eating is to recognize. We talk a lot about mindfulness here on calming the chaos and recognizing your own unique relationship with food is something that you can just observe. Simply observe, you don't have to do anything other than just observe non-judgmentally. Like when I was in the kitchen, do you approach some foods? Do you avoid some foods? Do some foods trigger you to want to eat more of that food? Just observe. Also observe your relationship with other people and how some relationships with food might mirror or reflect those relationships and reflecting on your own relationship with food and other people. Some foods, as you've seen in the kitchen, I gravitate toward. Some people I also gravitate toward. Others I run away from. Some foods I do avoid. So please just do this non-judgmentally. Reflect on your own unique relationship with food. The A in the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating is to acknowledge any emotions that come up. 
And the aim might also be to accept the fact that there are emotions that come up. So as we talked about sadness or stress, anxiety, anger, fear, all those emotions might come up around food or around other situations. And food could be used to cope with those emotions. Just allow, acknowledge, and be able to accept, there's another A, that these emotions are showing up, not like you have to do anything about them, but just allow, acknowledge them, and allow them to show up. The D in the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating is to describe what is going on. Now, sometimes we can do this by think, feel, do. When we're in a situation, sort of like we talked about before, there's a situation happening and you find that you're upset. Describe what is going on in your thoughts. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Identify an emotion. And then an urge to do something. Now you haven't done anything yet because there is a space in between the urge to do something and actually doing it, albeit sometimes it's a small space. But what you'd like to be able to do is notice the urge and just observe it. Describe it. Describe your thoughts and feelings. Take some time to do this before acting. The I in the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating is to use your intuition. Intuitively notice what is going on inside of your body, sensing your level of distress. Some people like to sense it on a scale of zero being no distress at all and 10 being the most distress that they have ever experienced. Some people go zero to 100. I like zero to 10 because it makes it really pretty simple and easy to manage. And so if you trust your intuition to guide you through the process of figuring out what to do, that is the I in the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating. The C in the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating is to communicate your thoughts, your feelings, your observations to yourself and to others. I think it's really important that we communicate to ourselves before outwardly communicating to others. I think we really need to be clear, which is another C in the radical solution. Just be able to clearly communicate what's going on. If I'm upset and I'm reaching for a cookie, notice that and describe it. And clearly communicate that you are distressed to yourself. Call it what it is or to somebody else, or you can do both but communicate it. Don't just let it sit there and please don't try and mask it by using food to cure it and to cope with it. The A in the radical solution, the second A about calming your chaotic eating is to allow yourself to accept and receive any help. So once you've communicated to people and yourself, allow yourself to receive help from others and from yourself. This is self-care at its finest. You can allow yourself to receive care from yourself and from others. And finally, the L in the radical solution of calming your chaotic eating is to just let go. Make, a, make an intention that you're going to let go of emotional suffering make that a way of life.
Some people might call this a mantra. Something like, I intend to let go of any emotional suffering that may reach me today, to be able not to grow it, but to let it go. So that's the radical solution to calming your chaotic eating. I hope it was helpful and I'm putting some resources in the description for this video and for the podcast down below so that you can have some more tools to use if you struggle with chaotic eating. Thank you so much for joining me today on Calming the Chaos. Take care and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.